1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Happy Friday, Freckled Foodie family. Today is a very much requested episode. I am sitting down with our doula, Ebony Tudor. She has been a saving grace for both myself and Joe during this entire process. And I have so much faith that she will be incredible during the birth as well. Um, this episode is really focused on like what a doula is, what she offers, what it's like being a client of a doula, like what we even do together, her tips on all sorts of things. Um, she provides a lot of insight and I thought it was important because a lot of people I think when I say I'm working with a doula, there there's a little confusion because they're like, "Oh, wait, are you giving like a home water birth?" Which I definitely am not. No judgment to anyone who does, but I will be in a hospital with an epidural, and I just want to like clear up what she does, how she's assisting us all of her services, all of this good stuff. She's also incredible if you live in the like New York metro area and are looking for a doula. So maybe one of you guys will end up working with her. Um, I asked a lot of the questions you guys submitted. So I just hope that this is an informative, excuse me, an informative and helpful episode for you all. And without further ado, here is Ebony. Ebony, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you on.
0: Thank you for having me. Hey,
1: Cameron. <laughs> Hi. It's so funny because I feel so close to you given how often we talk and the conversations we have. But the first time we will actually meet will be like the most important day. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the times we live in these days.
1: COVID is so weird. Like the first time I hug you will be potentially in the hospital. Um but I feel very connected to you, which is incredible. So it just goes to show what a great job you do at your job that I feel Thank so you. connected I appreciate
0: to you. It. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're an amazing
1: client, too. So it's a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> a lot you. of energy,
0: right? Positive energy.
1: Right. And honestly, that was one of the questions that we'll get into. But like, how do you choose a doula? Um, which we'll dive into because I have a lot of thoughts on that from like okay. the. Client, I guess, is what I'm considered. Patient, yeah, I don't know.
0: You're, yeah, you're considered my client, which <laughs> yeah. sounds so like formal, right? But yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> um, so I want to kick things off like very generically for people listening because I do think there's a lot of confusion maybe around doulas or just people who aren't familiar with them, depending on their location, where they live, if they're pregnant or not. Like I didn't really know what one was until I became pregnant and started looking for one. So can you give us just like the baseline information of what a doula is?
0: Sure. So a doula can be a male or female and we are those that provide support, so emotional support, um, along with resources and references, just helping you with advocacy, Um, and we are not medically trained, so that's like the biggest thing, so a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, you're a doula, that means you are delivering the baby at home, and that's not the case, right? We're not medically trained, but we are trained, so doulas, we do go through an extensive certification process, um, and it really is just to help with different labor pain management techniques. Every doula has their own different niche. So I'm a yoga teacher as well. And I'm a mom. So that also helps as far as when it comes down to my support for my clients.
1: Could that help? And absolutely. And I'm going to also give my spiel from like the client side, but someone did ask this. And the difference between a doula and a midwife is that midwives have medical training, correct? They could deliver that, a baby. That is correct. Yes. Okay. And would you ever have a midwife in a hospital?
0: Yes. So there are midwives in hospitals. Um, I do tend to see, there aren't that many,
1: you know, they do have
0: midwifery practices and then like the, sometimes the the doctors will take over. Um, But I do, I am starting to see more midwives in the actual hospital setting as well too.
1: Interesting. So I would say from my perspective, what you have helped with so much and why I personally wanted to work with the doula is a, I get overwhelmed by like all the amount of information out there when it comes to pregnancy, birth, all this stuff. And I don't want to be a, like, I don't want to be changed to Dr. Google. I have no interest in that. (laughs) And I said that to you very early on, like I will not Google anything. Um, but I want to be informed obviously. And I felt completely in the dark with so much of pregnancy. And so I wanted someone that could kind of like guide me and help me through my questions because obviously my doctor is, I love my doctor. She's incredible, Mm -hmm. but like, I'm not talking to her as often, as regularly, as lengthy about these types of things. And something that I think, one of the things I think you've helped the most with, which I didn't even really notice or prepare for in the beginning, I didn't think of this, was your relationship with Joe. Because, Mm. and you say this early on, but he's going to be in the room watching Mm -hmm. the person he loves the most, hopefully. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. In like the most pain of their life. And right. he feels helpless. And like, we've already kind of witnessed this when I'm in pain or if something's going on. He's like, I just wish there was something I could do. And your relationship, I think bonding with him is helpful for when we eventually get to the delivery room of even just being like, Joe, do this, like giving him tasks because the medical right. professionals are focused on me as they should be.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, and you just brought up a lot that we should unpack for sure. Yes. Going back to being, being a doula, um, my role is not there to take place of the partner and this instance, it's Mm -hmm. Joe, right? I really want Joe to feel as supported as well too, to give him that level of um, comfort so he can be there for you. So that's why we speak so often. So that way, when it comes down to the day, the exciting day, we're already a unit, right? We're already a team. And Joe already knows what makes you tick. He knows you. He knows how you operate when you're not feeling well. He knows what to do. So um, whether he may not realize it now, he's already going to know what to do. And I'm just really going to be there. to, like, oh, remember when, you know, or doesn't she like this? You know, things like that. So um, yeah, it's very important to, to make sure he feels involved because a lot of times that does happen. You know, p- partners are just like, well, I just feel so helpless, you know, and they do sometimes fall apart whenever they see their partners in, um, in discomfort. But that share reminder, you definitely know what to do.
1: Right. And he does know what to do. But again, in these moments, I feel like it's easy to just forget everything. <laughs> of
0: course, of course. I'm like, um, so remember when we, maybe she needs some water or what's her favorite blanket? Like all of these things like Joe. <laughs>
1: Uh, Earth, Joe. Um, So wh- how did you become a doula? Like, how did you know this was something you wanted to do?
0: Yeah. So um, three years ago, I was actually, before I was a doula, I was in corporate America. I was an analyst for insurance. Um, and it was just a job that I just did on a day-to-day basis. And it was very demanding. And a client that I had at the time was trying to obtain insurance for their doula. And I had no idea what a doula was. So I, same thing. I went to, to Google um, and went down the rabbit hole and I came across a New York Times article that Black women were dying at a higher rate than white women in the United States three to four times. And I didn't understand that. Like, it just made no sense to me. Um, And then I just reflected on my own birthing experience. My son, who will be 14 next month, um, when I had him, I didn't have a lot of um, knowledge behind me as far as just the childbirth experience. I didn't have support. And I almost didn't survive that pregnancy, that labor. And I felt like I could have had and I should have had a doula at that point, um, had it been offered to me, and had I known about it. Um, So just happenstance in that same instance, a doula training just popped up like Latham Thomas, who is one of my huge mentors. um, She started offering her doula training. I took it. um, And then I just said, you know what, forget corporate America. I'm going to give all of my love and attention into being a doula. It just felt fitting for me. Um,
1: And I just took that leap of faith and I'm still here. And you're doing an incredible job. Thank you. And (laughs) I'm noticing now two things that I didn't know. We left corporate America at the same time. I'm a week away from my three-year anniversary. And our sons will now have similar birthdays. Yes. Yes, I'm so excited for that. (laughs) Um, So, so much to share. But also, I mean, what you just touched on is a very, very important topic. One that I've spoken with um, one of my friends who is a Black mother about just... I mean, there are so many racial discrepancies that we're clearly now noticing in this world, but I don't think that that one is discussed enough. And I know I should know this term, but is it this month or was it last week?
0: Yeah. So last week was Black Maternal Health Week. And then um, we have like, it's it's always, I feel like every month it was um, Black Maternal, there's Health week was when we did that whole week, as far as like there were actual laws that came out as well, like more so for awareness. Um, and then this week, there's a few other things, you know, as far as when it comes down to health and wellness. So, yeah, there's a few things that are going on.
1: And if anyone is interested specifically in that topic, not only, and it's not based for maternal health, but general. The racial disparities and discrepancies in the health space. I would recommend listening to an old episode I did with Dr. Akila Kaday, who is now one of my friends, but an incredible woman. And she talks a lot about her history, both being a medical professional and a patient, and how this affected her life and what she has now chosen to do with her work. Um, Amazing. So, Now, you became a doula, obviously. Mm -hmm. You're now working with patients. One of the questions that someone asked was, when should you start working with a doula? Like, at what stage of your pregnancy? Oh, actually, before we get into this, can we Uh talk about, we mentioned, like, what you do, but can Uh you walk through the actual program that I'm a part of, like, what is entailed and what's included in your offering that I've chosen? Of
0: course. So along with me being a doula, I'm also a childbirth educator, a trained childbirth educator, a certified laxation counselor, a uh, yoga teacher, and I also focus on prenatal yoga as well. So the package that we have presently, we have conversations, bi-weekly conversations, me, you and Joe, um, just checking in, we went over birth plan or birth wishes, right? Um, as far as baby registry Sorry about that. Baby registry, um, in addition to just general things that may be going on during the weeks of your pregnancy that you may be experiencing. Right. We also did a two and a half hour childbirth education class um, just to get more of a deeper dive into the third trimester and what to expect and when to call your doctor midwife doula. Um, we also did a prenatal prenatal yoga session you know, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and when your visits with your provider are weekly, then that's when we will start to have conversations and meet weekly. I'm also on call for you two weeks before your estimated due date um, and a week after, because, you know, we never know when babies come. And when that, what that looks like is I'm just on call waiting. Like when's Cameron and Joe going to call me and tell me it's time. Right. And um, I'm there with you as far as when you're ready. As far, Everyone is different as far as when they would like labor support. So early labor, sometimes some people want to do it with just their partners, or sometimes they want their doula to come in. I let that go with my clients, whatever they feel. Um, and then I'm there until the baby is born, until he's here, up until two hours after just to make sure that breastfeeding is initiated if that's our feeding plan for the clients. Otherwise, it's just making sure that baby bonding time has happened. And then we do a postpartum visit as well too, so just to check in, make sure that everyone is doing fine, um, and that you've acclimated. All three of you have acclimated to each other,
1: Um, and then we can always do more postpartum if that's if that's another route we want to go. So it is so much. I know people who are listening are probably like, "Oh my god!" And it really is in the best way. It's the perfect amount because I feel like I'm learning. I feel like I'm not. I mean, I don't know if you're ever prepared for all of this, but I feel more prepared than I ever would have had I not been working with a doula, just of like what to expect and things that we'll get into in a bit about like labor. Um, so it's been so incredibly helpful for me. Obviously I will share my the whole process of birthing. We're not there yet, but I wanted to get this out before <laughs> that all happens. Um, so when would you recommend someone starts to work with a doula?
0: Yeah, so... You know, it's interesting because I have, um, I do have people that reach out to me as far as looking for a doula very early on sometimes, like when I say very early on, meaning as soon as they found out that they are pregnant, right? So sometimes seven weeks, I've had individuals reach out to me. Yeah. Um, And then there's also individuals who have reached out to me while they're planning for pregnancy right? So it's just like they're thinking about it and they want to know, you know, what is it that they should be doing? I, for me personally, feel most comfortable working with a client once they're in their second trimester. So like around um, anywhere like 21, you know, the middle of your second trimester. That way, you know, you have gone through your morning sickness, you feel more comfortable and confident in your pregnancy um, because it is, it's so life-changing, right? And I just feel like I just, Want you, whomever, to be completely just confident in the whole experience before we move forward together.
1: And I think that's about when we started. I think in my Mm twenties. Yep. Um, Exactly. From the client side, I would say that I felt very well equipped with that timeline, and there was plenty of time for us to cover everything. And then someone asked, "How do you go about like choosing a doula?" And for me. I personally... And I wrote a blog post on like why we decided to work with one and how that whole process happened. But mm-hmm. I, Mama Glow, the larger company, okay. came very highly recommended. I was matched with you for a call. I spoke with a few other doulas. And I said this to my friend who was trying to find one. And she's like, well, what do I even ask them? I'm like, okay, well, there are obviously things that are personal to you that you want to like get out there. For me, I remember on our first call, I was like... I'm getting an epidural. I'm giving birth mm-hmm. in a hospital. If I have mm-hmm. to have a C-section, I'm having one and I'm on anxiety medication and I plan on getting the COVID vaccine. Like mm-hmm. I very much believe in a blend of the two types of wellness medicine, whatever you want to call it. Right. And I wanted to find someone who would support me and my decisions and not try to push their opinions on me, which I think you do incredibly well, but like, my friend said she had a call with the doula and the doula was like, oh, well, I breastfed my kid for five years, so you should never do formula and like, was pushing her things on my friend yeah. and my friend was like, this yeah. is not it. So yeah. that's my first piece of advice is like laying out your thoughts and opinions to see how they react because it's important. But also I do a think it's just percent. like a vibe thing.
0: Yes, it definitely is energy based. Like what we were mentioning earlier on, it is definitely a vibe. Yeah, for sure. So thinking about like, because we're going to be with each other, you know, during a very intense time, right? Very like right. vulnerable time. And you, we have to like each other. And it goes both ways too, right? It's just like, you need to feel completely comfortable with me and, you know, in your skin, Um, And being transparent when you're having those uh, interview calls with your doula or potential doula, you have to be completely transparent um, and don't feel like you have to um, sell yourself and say, oh, well, yeah, I want it to be I want to do completely natural, non-medicated, which is nothing wrong with that. Right. But just saying that because you think that's what your doula wants to hear and no, you know, like uh, as a doula, we're not there to push our own agenda on you. That's not what we're supposed to do, right? It's your birth. It's supposed to be your story. And however it is that you want to bring your baby into the world, that's you and your partner's decision. If the partner is available, it's not up to us.
1: Right. And I think that that's a huge misconception. And mm-hmm. not that some doulas don't do that. As I just mentioned, I, clearly my friends did. Right. Um But I think that there is a misconception of, I told you, like when I told people I was working with a doula, they're like, oh my God, are you giving a water birth at home? I'm like, guys, do you know me? Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, So I do think if someone's curious about working with a doula, but they're like, oh, but I want an epidural. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't try and find a doula to work with. It's just you've to find one that agrees with your beliefs. So how do you kind of balance as a doula, your beliefs with, like, I know you said that it's most important that clients and their partners, but even just what we talk about when it comes to like natural remedies mm-hmm. versus medication and like that whole thing.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of like I check I check my own opinions at the door, right? Because I don't like being me personally, I do not like being told what to do, <laughs> right? And Neither. I don't want to do that to somebody else, right? That's not, it's not about me, you know? And that you have to be very selfless as a doula. Um, and that's how I also raised my son too. It's just like, I'm not that overbearing person where it's like, you should do this and you should do that. Because if that's not your goal, that's not what you want to do. That kind of defeats the purpose, you know, of me being a doula for you because then you're not completely comfortable. What makes me any different than a medical provider that's a bully, right? So it's like, no, I don't want that for you. At the end of the day, I want my client to be happy and healthy and I want their baby to be happy and healthy. And that happens also with me just checking my own ego and my own um, ideas at the door. Now, if you have questions, for sure, I'm always gonna give you, you know, evidence-based information, I keep my own, you know, like opinion out of it. But if you ask me, well, what do you think? I'll say that. But then ultimately I'll always say, but you and your partner, if available, will have to make that decision.
1: Right. And even with things that we talked about when it came to like birth plan or birth wishes, things like Mm -hmm. um, delayed cord clamping and like Mm -hmm. the bath, Mm -hmm. those types of things. I didn't even know what the fuck they were. So I'm like... (laughs) First of all, Ebony, I need you to explain. But then also, we very much were like, I don't know, is there a right thing? Like, what should we be doing? And you sent over articles and you were like, here are some things that can help um, explain it further. It wasn't like you were like, you have to do this. And I just watched. Someone like vlogged their actual labor, which was the craziest thing to me. And I was watching Mm -hmm. one like three years ago, I remember. And Joe was like, I hope you know your phone camera is not going anywhere near this experience. (laughs) Like this is not being a YouTube video. This is our experience. And I'm like, don't worry. Um, But I was watching one and the woman had a doula that, but they were in a hospital and she was having a really mm-hmm. hard time and she was in so much pain. And by the end she was like, okay, I need the epidural. Like I give me the epidural. And the doula was like, well, now you know your baby's going to be medicated," and like was trying to talk her out of it. And she's yeah. like eight centimeters dilated. I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this video? Like all <laughs> the comments, literally every comment was like, fire your doula, fire your doula. Like, what is this? Yeah. That's
0: a, big no for me. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. that's a big red flag. And these are also conversations. That's why I like for us to have like all of these calls prior to, because we do scenarios, right? What if you get to the point and you're just like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to say, are you sure? Is this what you want? Okay. Maybe you need a safe word. Like if you tell me this is the safe word and you just scream it at the top of your lungs, that's what we're doing, you know, but I'm not like, that's why we do all of those things. I'm like, no, Cameron doesn't want this, but no, but Cameron said, this is what she wanted if X, Y, and Z. So we know this.
1: Right. And then someone asked if you can't afford or access a doula, what are some like important techniques that you would have them try and teach their partner or like takeaways, I guess.
0: Yeah, for sure. So yes, I totally get that. You know, as far as sometimes some people, it's just, having a baby in general is just expensive. Like kids are, just, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it never stops. But <laughs> and I know it can be overwhelming at times. So definitely, um, prenatal yoga, you know, movements is key. Breath work is very important because a lot of labor pain management is breathing, right? Thinking of thinking of if, and when you are anxious, or you're in any kind of discomfort, you might notice that your breathing is different, or maybe you hold your breath or you're breathing very shallow. So once you start to introduce deep breath into your body, you're telling your body you're okay. And then your nerves start to relax. So that also helps. No, it's not the only thing, but it definitely just breathing does definitely help with that. Um, In addition to touch, right? Think of all of the things, um, if you're a birthing person, think of all of the things that you need or um, will help you whenever you're in any kind of discomfort, maybe if you're someone that experiences menstrual cramps, or migraines, all of those things that um, that help you, maybe it's cold compresses, maybe it's dim lights, maybe it's music, um, or just being in a shower. Those are some of the things that I like to bring into when you're dealing with labor pain management,
1: and your partner can help with that as well and i think something that i've taken away for anyone who can't afford or access a doula is having the conversations with your partner which joe and i have all the time when it comes to like my anxiety but like this is how mm. i want you to handle these situations to help me this is what i need Absolutely. like he knows i don't like soft, soft touch like get your fucking hand mm-hmm. off me if you're gonna soft touch <laughs> <Exactly>. me <laughs> like no aggression Um, get in there yeah (laughs) literally I had a prenatal massage today she's like let me know if it's too rough I'm like as rough as you can possibly feel comfortable giving a massage to a pregnant (laughs) woman is what I want but I think having those conversations are really important so that hopefully when we get into that moment of me being in extreme discomfort he's aware of how to help and then I would also say if you can't access a full doula i mean your childbirth education class is remote correct
0: yes yes it's definitely virtual De- childbirth education very very important thank you Cameron. yes because it helps too it's just so it much those basics yeah
1: i felt we walked away being like oh my gosh the things we did not know
0: <laughs> joe still is like
1: close throat closed vagina
0: <laughs> yes yes joe
1: we died at that one. Um, <laughs> and then things that we're talking about at this current stage as I'm 35 weeks. Um which obviously I keep saying, I don't want to tear as much as possible. Like I just would love to not. So I'm trying to do things to not. And this is the number one question tips to prevent tearing. So I know we're doing a few things and I've mentioned them in a video I posted, but can you share some of those things that you recommended I start doing?
0: Yeah, So to help prevent tearing, perineum massage or perineum massage, however you pronounce it.
1: I had no idea how to say it when I talked on my Instagram. I'm like <laughs> perineal, perennial, peri something, your vagina. The
0: taint, the taint. Yeah. So like everyone, so everyone knows that area, right? Like where the taint is.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: So, I mean, when you think about it as far as like everyone, everyone that is, about to give labor or about to give labor about to have a baby they are very concerned about with tearing right and it's the muscle that is down there as far as at the bottom of your vagina and because it's not a muscle that is used you know on a day-to-day basis just doing such gentle stretching of that so doing that is with fingers um you can have your partner help you I had a client tell me you can use a dildo as well if, if you're by yourself um always use lubrication please Because it's not fun
1: otherwise. You also, I know you said you can do it by yourself. You can't do it, maybe with a dildo, but like (laughs) I cannot reach my hand down there. (laughs) Joe is fully doing it for me because there's no chance I can get around this belly.
0: Yeah, I haven't. I've seen the. the, I've seen images of people attempting to do it by themselves, like having a foot up on the tub. I tried. It didn't work yeah so yeah so hopefully if you do not have a partner maybe you have like a best friend a sister yeah. you know maybe someone that that's
1: my little sister he goes so lucy are you gonna do this or lucy's like i'm not fucking doing that to her like you're doing it um How you
0: got her into this
1: yeah. right massage her out yeah exactly when i did have one question though and i actually meant to ask you this i haven't asked this but sure. a few of my friends have torn at the top which they were like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Is there anything to do to prevent that or no?
0: So, yeah. So tearing can happen anywhere like down there, right? Because it happens also the position of the baby, how fast the baby is being delivered. That happens a lot of times too um, with very fast deliveries where the baby is just like, yeah, I'm just coming out right now. Um, the body as far as, as for like the vagina, it can have some tears there internally, Um, so there really isn't much you can do there except for like whenever you're delivering and your midwife or your doctor is having you push and they say, wait, hold on, don't push because they want to help ease the baby out. That's probably one of the main reasons why I can't say that's the case for every instance, but, um, like same thing with the perineum massage, it can assist, it can help. It's not a hundred percent guarantee, but you know, working out any type of muscle, that's going on down that can definitely help with um massaging with i'm sorry with tearing also when your provider is um, massaging down there anyways you can give them like coconut oil So, like hey can you mind just like using like some oil down there instead of water because that will help with um maybe not tearing also
1: okay i'm gonna add coconut oil to my hospital bag um but i yes. do a
0: bag too oh you so got it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, obviously, it's not 100%, but I'm at the point where I'm like, I will try anything because why not? Yeah, no. um, and then another thing I'm doing now that you have recommended, can you explain the dates and the red raspberry leaf tea? Because yes. I don't know it.
0: So eating dates. And trust me, guys, this is all evidence-based information. I'm not pulling it out of my ass. Okay. <laughs> While it is like very traditional and, um, you know, it comes to a historic just... It's evidence-based. So as far as with dates, you can eat up to six dates, and that usually happens around week 36. So you want to increase the number of dates because that helps with um, thinning your cervix and just getting it ready for delivery because the cervix is more like the, the gateway, like where baby needs to come through. So right now, earlier on, it's a little thick, and we want it to be really thin, um, like the top of your ear and spongy, like your lips. So eating dates helps thin out your cervix. Same thing um, with evening primrose oil too. So with right. evening primrose oil, you can either take it internally, um, you can ingest it, or you can insert it into your vagina by poking holes. Um, and that also helps. That oil helps thinning
1: out. Yes,
0: the pill. So it looks like a, it's like a capsule.
1: <laughs> no, but poking holes in the pill.
0: Oh yeah, I'm sorry. So no, <laughs> please only poke holes in the pill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when you said that for a split second, my heart sunk, and then I realized what you meant.
0: No, no in the pill, <laughs> in the pill. Um, yes. So doing that, and then red raspberry leaf tea. So that helps to strengthen and tone your uterus. And we want a nice and strong, you know, healthy uterus to help because it's holding baby. And you know, once baby is delivered, you know, your uterus is still—it's not the size that it was pre-baby. So drinking the red raspberry leaf to postpartum helps with getting your uterus back to size, along with breastfeeding and other things.
1: And then say we have the delivery, all that happens. Now we're in the fourth mm-hmm. trimester postpartum. I know people are really into padsicles, which I'm actually going to make. All the stuff is arriving. Um, mm-hmm. Can you give any tips for like a new mom what to kind of prepare? If there's anything they can do to prepare for when they come home from the hospital to put them in the best potential place.
0: Yes. So definitely particles, like you mentioned. So it's, for those who don't know what particles are, it's just like a frozen pad. Like, right. So it's, <laughs> it's to help cool your vagina. It has like some people put different things in it, but like witch hazel, lavender, aloe, all these different things, depending on what you want to do. Um, you freeze them and you put it in your pad for like any because you're going to have soreness, you know, when it, whenever you have a vaginal birth um, stocking up, have a lot of water or like uh, coconut water, things with like a lot of electrolytes to help you have to eat, right? No matter what your calorie intake needs to be more postpartum, um, than it was prenatally, because if you, if breastfeeding is in your plan, then you will be burning a lot of calories, right? Say for instance, breastfeeding is not in your plan. You still need to eat because your body just went through a lot and you have to recover. Um, don't get so caught up on staring at baby. I know it's going to be hard. You're going to be obsessed. Like baby sleeping. Oh my goodness, I want to stare at them. You know, they're so cute. You have to sleep <laughs> because exhaustion is real. Um, so definitely if you have a partner, you guys tag team, you know, one person stays awake, other person sleeps so no one, you know, burns out with like that. Um, also thinking you, like I mentioned, you have to hydrate, continue taking your prenatals um, postpartum, please take probiotics postpartum. If you, um, are not feeling well postpartum, do not wait until your six week checkup and, and so you call your doctor and say you're not feeling well. Definitely just call them, um, all the time. Trust me. Like if, if trust your body, if you're not feeling well, don't just, just, just forget about it. Monitor your, um, your blood pressure and, um, headaches, uh, blood clots, you know, all those things. Because like I said, your body is just going through so much. Um, so just don't neglect yourself and just so- focus solely on baby because you still have to take care of yourself as well. Um, and then your breasts are going to be doing this whole thing, regardless if you're nursing or not. <laughs> They're going to be going through a lot. So warm compressions for your breasts, massaging them, all those things.
1: I'm so scared for my boobs because they've already... <laughs> taking on a mind of their own. Um, So we'll see what happens to these poor, poor body parts. Um, Thank you so much for coming on here. This was so informative and so helpful. And I know this is an odd transition, but I close every episode this way. So we're going to go from vagina talk to food real fast. What would be the three ways to your heart through food?
0: Mm, Three ways to my heart. Anything Italian. I love Italian food. Right. Um, also just fun fact, fun fact, my background, uh, my dad's side is from Barbados, so I love Caribbean food too. Um, so anything I'm not a spicy girl, but definitely love like all things like West Indian food and fruits and chocolate. Like love.
1: I need I need chocolate.
0: <laughs> I need it to survive.
1: Same. Uh, it's actually one of the weirdest things during my pregnancy, especially first trimester. But honestly, like second trimester too, even a bit of my third, I just was not as interested in chocolate as I normally am. It was the oddest thing for me. Um, but now I'm back on it. It's not as intense of a craving. I know it'll be back, but like, it was it so odd for me.
0: It will. I will definitely be back for sure. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you so much for joining. For anyone who's listening, who wants more of you and your tips and information, where is the best place to follow you on social?
0: Sure. So I am always on Instagram. I'm at Karma Tudor, K-A-R-M-A, Karma. Tudor is my last name, T-U-D as in David, O-R. That's actually all of my socials. And that's also my website. So it's www.karmatudor.com.
1: You're so easy. Perfect. That'll all be in the show notes <laughs> for anyone who's listening. Um, thank you so much, Ebony. This was awesome.
0: Yes, so welcome. Thank you, Cameron.
1: Hello, Freckle Duty fam. I hope that you guys enjoyed that episode and found it educational and informative and love Ebony as much as I do because she's the shit. Um, so I'm recording this a bit earlier than I normally do for like the end of episode pieces. It's... T- It's currently Tuesday because this morning we went to the doctor and I was told that I am a centimeter dilated and 80% effaced. And my doctor is very like, I don't know what the right term is. It's not that she withholds information in a bad way, but she doesn't want to like give me information that's not 100% accurate. And you can never guess like 100% when someone's going to go into labor. So she's like, do I think you're going to make it to May 23rd, your due date? Probably not. Um, do I think you're going to go into labor tomorrow? Probably not. But I'm like, uh, excuse me. I, need, uh, Hey, I'm a control freak and we're in the middle of construction and I need an answer more specific than that. So I'm just honestly in a bit of a like rush freak out panic mode to try and get as much done as I possibly can right now, because who the fuck knows when squash is going to make his appearance. Um, The apartment is coming along slowly, but surely we are getting there and our bedroom is complete, which I'm so grateful for. Everything else will be done soon ish. And if squash comes before it's completely finished, it is what it is. We can't do anything. We've set ourselves up as much as we possibly can. He will be in the bedroom with us anyway. I have boobs that will hopefully be providing milk. And if they are not, we will have formula. We have bottles, we have diapers, and we have a bassinet and two hearts that will love him more than anything. So that's where we're at right now. Um, I did, I do want to shout out for any new moms, moms to be. Um, I did pack my hospital bag and I recorded the whole thing. So if you are lost on what to pack in your hospital bag like I was, um, you can head over to my Instagram. It's an IGTV episode. And then every single thing is linked in the blog post um, that is included in that poster in my bio, or I'll put it in the show notes. So all of the specific items I mentioned in the video are linked there. I hope this helps anyone who is confused as to what to pack. I obviously am a first-time mom, so I can't speak to what is absolutely necessary, but this is based on recommendations of my friends, doctors, doula, and the Freckled Foodie family. That is all I have for you guys, because I'm in a mad dash to finish so much work. But I love you. Thank you so much for being a part of the Freckled Foodie family. You fucking rock. Happy Friday. You guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. It really means the world to me. It means more to me than you could ever know. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please head over to wherever you consume your podcast and rate and/or review the show. It not only helps the show's growth, but it really makes my day when I go through and read all of the reviews. If you aren't already, please follow along over on Instagram at Freckled Foodie for my way too active channel and at FFN Friends Pod for more information on the podcast. I hope. Hope you have a wonderful day and I can't wait to give you the next episode.